Thank you for joining us on Savvy, the business podcast. If you want to be a guest, send an email to media at SavvyMag.biz. That's media at S-A-V-V-Y-M-A-G dot B-I-Z. Don't miss out on the opportunity to be heard by millions. Hold up. Before you go any further, look below and click the subscribe button. Hello, I am Melissa Ambers, your host for Savvy Business Podcast, and I am excited to have Shantara on with me today. Um, I have been watching her on LinkedIn and just following some of her posts and some of the great things that she's doing. And it's no secret um, that there is the percentage of women in leadership roles and um, that's been recognized for some of the things they're doing is a very, very low percentage. Actually, I think it's 8% by Forbes um, of the percentage of women uh, in leadership roles in Fortune 500 companies, but the number is even higher of women that's not been recognized. And the reason that I reached out to Shantara um, and what really attracted me to her is the name of her consulting firm, which is Pile her. And it's it just, you know, brought so many different things with that and knowing the stats of where we are uh in the world. Yes, in 2023, we still have to have these type of conversations. And with everything that she's doing and the position that she's in, I'm just so excited to have her on. So let's get into it. Um, thank you so much, and Tara, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we get in, I'm going to read a little bit of her bio to give you an idea. And then we're going to jump into conversations and um, we'll just go from there. Change does not happen without open, honest communication. Now more than ever, organizations have open dialogues about culture, community, leadership, and so much more. It is no surprise that Shantara Chapman has been called upon by many to facilitate and initiate change. With uniquely curated facilitation experiences, Shantara engages and drives accountability through action. With over 20 years of professional experience, Shantara L. Chapman, MBA, has become a successful global culture strategist and community leader. Shantara graduated from Texas A&M University with a Bachelor of Business Administration degree in Information and Operations Management. As a Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business alum, she is noted for her significant leadership accomplishments with her clients in founding the Chapman Women's Foundation in Houston, Texas. As president of Paul Her Consulting, Shantara is known for her guiding principles, developing strong cultures, and her successful work with many Fortune 500 companies. She has worked for large and small consulting firms, servicing clients such as NASA, UNICEF, and Chevron. Shatera has led teams for her clients that Shatera has led teams for her clients as they successfully rolled out various information technology, IT, cyber intelligence, and diversity initiatives. 
As a transformation specialist and project manager, Shantara has helped Fortune 500 companies engage their user community and adopt significant workplace cultural changes. Most recently, she curated the Her Way Retreat, an exclusive luxury retreat for Black female executives to gain knowledge from one another and indulge in self-care activities. I love it. So what, what brought you to this mission to say, you know what? I've worked with these companies. I've done all of these initiatives. I've helped do all of these different things. And I'm not doing it anymore. Let me create my own stage. What made you, you know, step on that stage and say, okay, I'm building this? Um, working in corporate America, you know, is, is a different beast, especially for women of color, as you could imagine. Yes. And I had a really successful career working in corporate America. I was a yeah. consultant for NASA for 13 years and stepped and left that consulting world and worked for a consulting firm and worked in oil and gas um, community for about six or seven years before stepping out on my own. And in both of those spaces, I still was the only in a lot of rooms. And was still trying to, you know, do my thing. But there was always that, you know, voice. There was always somebody saying something. I mean, my tires were slashed at NASA. I was always being, it was always being thrown in my face one way or another. I was being told, I was told I was the dangerous choice for the clients because I was Black. I mean, people were literally saying those things to me constantly. And finally, it was like, you know, I think it's time for me to do this on my own and I can do it better. <laughs> I can do this better than you. And I feel like I wanted, I felt like I wanted to focus on culture development and diversity mm-hmm. because I needed these same people to understand what they didn't do for me. I wanted them to see, you know, that they were doing things so wrong. And also for the people, the women of color, the people of color who were still wanting to stay in corporate America, maybe I can change something. Maybe I can help fix some companies Mm -hmm. for those who want to stay in corporate America. I can be the change that I wish I had. And so that is why I decided to step away and try to build something um, of my own to go back and go in and try to do some of some good in some of these companies. So trying to keep some of those relationships strong so I can go back in and help in some of those same spaces. I completely understand and can relate to where, you know, I was reading um, your answer on the questionnaire where you talked about your tires being slashed and just the, the, the things that you had to go with go through because people put you in a box and thought, okay, this is where you should be. And you drive a nicer vehicle. They want to, you know, think other things or put you in different categories or, oh, well, you don't need no raise. You got enough money because you're driving this or you're living like this or doing this. And it's unfortunate that as a woman of color in corporate America, that actually comes in, does the job, do what you, you know, were hired to do. And, you know, with some perks, you know, if you will, 
of, you know, saving time, reducing costs, um, productivity, all of those, you know, boxes that you want to check and you still get the backlash of you're not supposed to be here. Let's put you back in this box. And, you know, that's one of my, you know, really big attractions from, you know, when I was, you know, going through all of your information. So um, with the audience that's listening, and we're just going to touch on this very little, but for some of the women that are going through some of the same things and want to be in corporate America, not knowing how to handle it, wanting to, you know, as, as you can relate to, uh, go tell them what they could go do, <laughs> you know, but you want to keep your job. What mm-hmm. advice or quick tips would you have for women that's in this predicament? You surround yourself with really does matter. The people you associate with and spend time with have a huge impact on who you become and what you do in your life. Hi, my name is Jeff Hagee, and I want to tell you about my Inner Circle Mastermind Group. This is a group that's designed to surround you with like-minded, high achievers who will help you to think bigger and amplify the performance of your business and your life while tearing down all the barriers that are holding you back. A mastermind is the fastest way to get you to the next level. If you're ready to network and connect with other successful entrepreneurs and influencers, go to coachhagey.com mastermind. I would say, um, one, if you know you want to stay, then you go home, you know, take the time, you know, use these opportunities, like when we have these breaks mm-hmm. and prepare for those um for your performance reviews and write down, use the opportunities to write down all those oppor- those times when you did well, mm-hmm. those uh, create your tickler file, your success files, all of those things. And don't give them the opportunity to tell you what you didn't do. You have your list ready to go of all the wins because I stayed when I was a consultant. I stayed for you know thirteen years at NASA. You know I stayed long after my tires were slashed. I didn't I didn't leave right away. So you know I had several performance reviews after that. So I learned to not wait for anyone to tell me I was fantastic. So during my performance reviews, I was writing out all the things. And I had dates, I kept the receipts, you know, and I would go in there and say, here are the things that I was, I was great at. And I dared anyone to tell me that I was not. I didn't give them any ammunition to call me the angry black woman or any of those things, because there was, there was no, there was no, there was nothing. I didn't give anything. There were times when I was told that I did not know how to communicate well. So I chose one of the leaders, uh, one of the key leaders in the office, and I asked him to coach me. I said, I was told I can't communicate, which was a lot of crap. So I asked him to coach me. Mm-hmm. And so since he was one of the leaders in the office and he was my executive coach, now you can't put that in my performance review anymore because he's the coach. He taught me how to communicate. Yep. And so I used all of their things against them. So when it mm-hmm. came time for my performance review, he was one of the ones that was giving me my, you know, some feedback. And he actually told me, he said, I went in and gave feedback on you. And I told them, 
you can't use communication against her anymore. She is killer. She knows how because mm-hmm. I gave her feedback. I told her how to communicate. Yeah. So if you ding her on communications, that means you're dinging me mm-hmm. <laughs> on communication. So, you know, that there's all of these different things now. So I say, just think about all of the little things where people will try to trip you up and use all of that against them now. Write out your list of all of the wins. And see, for me as a consultant, my clients loved me. So there was no um, no way that they could say that I wasn't doing my job because mm-hmm. I stayed at the NASA campus. Mm-hmm. And so I would just go and have my NASA clients write out their thoughts on me and I would have it on their letterhead. And I asked for a copy of it. I didn't just ask them to send it to my boss I asked him to send me a copy of it as well so I had my own file Mm -hmm. that I walked in the room with so just have everything and don't rely on them to tell you what they think you already know so that takes us into is that one of the uh things that you are incorporating in your online learning portal so let's talk about that. You're calling it power learning. Yeah. So everything has a power thing. That, that's kind of my <laughs> everything because it's a branding thing. You know, I mm-hmm. use power, you know, and all of the things that I do. My my learning portal, uh, since I do culture development, I have diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I have these different categories around bias and um, allyship and coexistence and all of these different topics that I tend to get called on for clients to teach on and consult on and coach on, I've created these categories. So there's, you know, all of these learning. And so anyone who's followed me on LinkedIn or, or YouTube, I have these videos that I've been posting for the past couple of years. I've taken that stuff and I've started to create learnings around those videos and put quizzes and things to them now. And so now I have these different categories of how do you create a strong culture? How do you start to become an inclusive leader? And I take those little two, three minute videos, add a test and a quick reference guide and some other things to them. And now we have these eight different categories of um, learnings that people can go in. We'll be able to subscribe to and I will um, start to just keep loading and loading and loading different videos and quizzes and stuff out there. So it's going to be a continuing education portal for any of my clients who want to just always have something for their teams to be able okay. to continuously learn about culture development, inclusion, belonging. So you have no excuse anymore. It may be, okay, we can't have Shantara come in and coach all the time, or we can't have Shantara come in and teach us all the time. Well, you kind of can now because <laughs> I will have this, you know, portal where, and, and and I won't be doing it for hours at a time. They're three, four minute videos with little <laughs> five question quizzes. So you yeah. kind of can have me all the time if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> so no, yeah. excuse, no excuses for um, not having a sense of belonging or inclusion in your workplace. So I'm giving all ways. You can't, there's no way that you can say that there's 
you know, you can't do it at different price points mm-hmm. at this point now. You say, oh, it's too expensive to have someone come and do this. Oh, it's too this or it's too that. Do you want to be known as the subject matter expert in your industry? Scan the QR code today to take advantage of the $200 discount for a brand assessment. The assessment will give you a summary of how your brand can step up a notch to get noticed. We have been seen in various platforms and have gained credibility and are known as the subject matter expert for digital media and branding. Sign up today for a brand assessment and a one-on-one consultation with me, Melissa Ambers. Don't get left behind. It's time for your brand to stand out. So with um, your learning portal and you, you know, you mentioned, you know, diversity, DEI, it's, as we know, this is nothing new. It's not a new topic. It's not a new conversation. But uh, post-COVID, it just like exploded. It's almost like, hey, what's this new thing? DEI, like, you know, it's just it just started, you know, really booming. And so many um, um, organizations start paying more attention. We have some that's still kind of, yeah, okay, whatever. We're going to go back over here. But you have some that's that's starting to pay attention and some trying to pay attention uh, with that. Um, do you have a particular niche in DEI or, and can you also, um, you know, kind of, uh, hit on, uh, the differences from your niche and what some of the others are doing? I actually do. Um, one, I know that, you know, after George Floyd was murdered on television, on when the world saw it, there were so many different people yeah. who just kind of jumped into diversity and culture and Mm -hmm. so I had to one you know kind of distinguish myself and say no I've been kind of I've been doing this before uh so I've I've been a consultant you know long before that I've been a consultant my entire career but also for me allyship and unconscious bias those are my two strong suits for for this uh this space I do talk a lot about inclusive leadership and those things, but the two areas that I really, really, you know, get a lot of calls and hone in on are allyship and unconscious bias, mostly because I, when I started in this space, I actually wrote a micro book around transformative allyship. And um, I have a framework called the transformative ally. And that really kind of spearheaded a lot of work that I did in the university space. Because uh, I wanted to jump and go into universities and try to help to create more inclusive spaces. One, I I graduated from Texas A&M University, and there was a lot of things going on in the time that I was at that university from mm-hmm. '94 to '98 that actually, you know, still affect affect affected me then. And I hear a lot of things even now that still go on on that campus and a lot of universities. So I I created that framework and I use it in corporate spaces as well. But that area has been, you know, kind of that foundation for me. And unconscious bias has been a foundation uh, space for me as well, where I do a lot of um, work in the auto industry in unconscious bias. So those have been my two niche spaces. Let's tap into your framework for a minute. Um, there's, you know, again, you know, so many people, they're searching for a framework and they don't really know what uh, specific framework to search for. For your particular um, 
framework, you call it the transformation of ally framework, who should be searching for that and who will it benefit? So I work with, um, with teams that uh, are looking to try to understand one, what does it mean to be an ally? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that word was thrown around so much, especially a couple of years ago. And I think that, you know, it was word of the year in 2021. Mm -hmm. And I still never felt like anyone ever knew what an ally was. They just kept using it because yeah. it was, the, again, after George Floyd, you know, folks were just using it. I'm an ally. I'm an ally. And right. so teams really, uh, I've worked with teams who are trying to understand how to support one another and how to understand what that was to say that I'm an ally for you. And so this program is, it really is that it's a program where I am taking teams through really a really intensive, and I call it an intensive program because you're going in, you're going to get to some, some deep things. And I'll tell people, I kind of get you to that edge you get a real visceral reaction mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I do and the the things that I, I like to say I do Im immersive learning and development because I get those visceral reactions from you so I get you to that edge and then I pull you back and so we're going step by step in this six part series and you're going from what I say is I teach you about advocacy which is understanding that your voice you can advocate for someone by using your voice learning how to speak up for someone and then there's support and that is where you're really using your time and your effort and sometimes you really don't have the time so you have to understand that being an ally and saying that I'm going to support you you may have to think about whether or not you really want to support someone or you have the time to do that and you just have to tell them I may not be able to do that I can advocate for you I can speak up for you or send an email but supporting and giving all my energy and my space I have a family or I'm dedicated to trying to get my PhD or something and I can't do. And then there's coexistence, which means I may not agree with everything that you have going on in your life or in this space, but I do believe we can work together because we don't have to, I don't have to believe your politics. I don't have to believe in everything that you're doing, but we can work together and we can respect one another as professionals and as human beings. So my framework says to be an ally, you need to understand that you you can one advocate, you can support, and you need to be able to co coexist. And those three pieces kind of interact together and you they're evergreen. So you may, as life happens, you may have to go back to the beginning sometimes, or you may have to journey to coexistence and go back to support. So it's talking about all three of those and what it takes for you to do that. And in between those three phases, I'm coaching those teams as well. And we're talking about some tough things and we're breaking it down and how hard it is to do that. And so I actually don't take a full like team of 50 to do that. My teams are very small when I'm working with them because as you can imagine, you're, you're having to really talk and you know work hard with them. So I don't take more than you know maybe 20 to 30 people in those sessions because we really need to be able to really talk through and work right. very hard yeah and the sessions tend to be maybe three three it may go for about three months three to four months depending on how long and how hard we're doing I'm giving pre-work I'm giving homework in between and everything is not consecutive back to back every day I'm allowing them time to think through 
the process and work through some things before we go from session one to session two, because it's hard. These are hard conversations. And I don't want anyone to ever think that this is a one and done type deal. You know, they need to really understand what this is about. And so these are intensive, harder things. And even when I put this into the online portal, it's going to be a tougher type certification. I'm working on what that would look like because I've been asked, are you going to make a certification course for this for online? I have to think about how it would work because it is a little bit tougher thing to do. Wow. Would you say that this program would be um, directly only for leaders or anyone within an organization? No, it's not directly uh, just for leaders. It's for teams. I've worked with a full team uh, where the leader has brought in like their, you know, their core team and the leader works with the team all with it. And then I would say that I would, the team and the leader is working together. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't pull the leaders out and work separately with the leaders and not with the team, because if you do that, now you still have them disjointed. I want the leader in there with the team. I need them to hear the conversations. Right. Um, that is so important. That's one of the reasons I asked that question is that uh, you hear so much about leadership training, leadership training, leadership training. And, you know, it's this mass room of all these leaders, you know, in a room, but each one of the leaders have different um, issues or concerns. But when you put them all in one room, you have the general conversations. You may have a few questions uh, that you may answer specifically, but you're still not really getting to that core of what that department issue is um, because you just throw them all in one room to say, okay, check the box. You've done your training for this quarter, this year, whatever, and we move on. But um, I think it is really important to have the... Uh, the manager and their direct reports, because now not only are we all learning together, but we're figuring out how we really should communicate with each other. What some of the um, some of those brick walls have been when we're trying to communicate or do certain things, and from there, that's just going to overhaul the productivity within that that team so yep that's that was I'm, I'm glad you answered that that was one of the reasons I really wanted to hit that yeah some of the feedback I've received is that it helped to build trust which is the point you're building yes. trust because a part of these conversations is about hey how how can we trust you because a lot of times the teams no longer trust their leaders because their leaders are not involved and saying I have an open door policy doesn't help anything because who wants to walk through a door <laughs> just open? I don't no, like you like that. <laughs> well, sometimes it's not even a really open uh, open door. You know, I've done some posts about that on LinkedIn is, you know, is your door really open? Um, you say it's an open door policy, but is it really open? And, you know, I'll kind of get into some other things with that. But um, we get so used to, just talking and just saying this is the right thing to say or these are the words to say but that you know once the action is ready to do you say this open door here I come it's a whole nother you know situation that may happen so no you're absolutely right is your door really open that that is the question. that's the question and there's something to be said about everyone being vulnerable together mm. Oh, they yeah. need to hear you say that you don't know every once in a while. 
Oh my God. And the whole That's point of this is to get to the point. No one has all the answers. Yes. I don't have all the answers either because I don't know what you feel. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. We all need to get to that point where we're all just saying, we need to figure this out together because we don't know what we don't know. Right. Right. That's the whole point of being a team. That so. is, that is so good. So good. Nuggets, nuggets, people. I hope you're, you know, everybody <laughs> grab that. Um, let's jump over to uh, one of your books. Uh, Embrace resistance, how to conquer your critics. I love that. Yeah, I, I co-wrote that with my first business partner. And we we thought um, when I first stepped out on my own, I, I was with a, another a business partner and we wrote that book together. And it was just like, we need to figure out um, how to, um, you know, people need to understand that you sometimes need to and just embrace that. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to have something to say. And we we sometimes get in our feelings about it, but mm-hmm. sometimes that's going to help you be- get better. A lot of times that's what's going to help you get better. And um, I write, I now do this speech um, and do this talk on inclusive leadership. And I talk about the fact that we, um, we have naysayers even in the office space and you need those naysayers. You need the ones who don't like your projects that you're working on. You want them in the room with you because those are the ones who are going to help you be better. You want them in the room for when you think you've finished. You think you have the best project ever. You work with your team for six months. You've gotten it down. You're about to put the bow on it. You need to go find Steve who hates this project mm-hmm. and let Steve come in here and look at this project. You want that critic in the room to look at your final product yes. and tell you everything you've done wrong. Yes. Just in case he's not just venting because mm-hmm. there's a chance he sees something that you don't. Yep. And so that book that we were writing, me and Natalie, it was saying, you know, you know, it's not just about helping you be stronger and getting thicker skin. There's a chance they see something that you don't. And you want to listen for those nuggets, throw all the trash away, throw all the stuff that, you know, you don't care about. You don't want to take any of that in, but there may be something in there Mm -hmm. that may help you to be better. Yeah. You don't want to hear the the crazy stuff. We don't. And as much as we may not like it. And of course we, we, um, our emotions start taking over. Um, I think that is a powerful tool to have someone punch holes in whatever you're doing because if they could punch holes in it that means you're not done you need to go back and do some more research or whatever it is you need to do but if they can't punch holes in it then you've accomplished what you need to accomplish I think that is so powerful to have someone to punch those holes yep you always go back and I always have at least one or two people that I go to after I finish anything Mm -hmm. to say okay look at this What do you see that I possibly didn't see? Because I've been looking at it too long. I love it too much. Even now, you know, we're finishing up, you know, creating this portal, right? And I have two people that are ready. They're ready for me tomorrow to send it to them so they could just, just look at it. And it's not that they're being malicious, but I want them to see it and just tell me, what did I miss? Even if it's just to you know, look at it and read through it and make sure there are no um, 
you know, grammatical errors, you know, just yeah. any little thing, because we want to be the best we can. We want to put our mm -hmm. best foot forward. And if you're getting people who are trying to make sure that at least, you know, the common goal is to win, you know, let's go, let's, let's try to win. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, like on social media, people are just trying to tear you down just for the sake of tearing you down. That kind of stuff. We're not talking, we're not talking about trolls. We're talking about just, you know, those right. critics who right. are trying to make sure that the, at least the company wins. Mm -hmm. No, you are so right. Um, the next one is the 12 tips to finding your voice. And, you know, early in this conversation, we talked about, you know, uh, women of color having such a hard time in these environments, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're working in a professional career, but it's finding your voice that sometimes we tend to get so timid and just kind of, you know, clam up. And part of that could be how some of us were raised of, you know, not to say anything, just keep your mouth shut or don't say this because of this, or if this is your superior, you shouldn't say this. And having something like this, your 12 tips of finding your voice, um, not only is, you know, you wrote it for a purpose, but how can this benefit someone that's having that problem on finding this voice? And this could be a woman period. It does have to be a woman of color, but just a woman period of finding their voice. How can this benefit them and how can they use this as a, a resource? Yes. Um, so I actually wrote Empowering You 12 Tips for Finding Your Voice after I was when I was leaving corporate America. So um, it really was kind of that, okay, I need to figure this thing out. What am I doing? I lost I lost me for a while. I lost my voice. Um, I was trying to understand what was happening after I was told that I was dangerous, that I my being black was the dangerous and I, my clients was not going to utilize me because being, I was a black woman and I just kind of went into myself and I, I just kind of was sitting and I was crying a lot. And, I, and my husband looked at me and he said, cause I had a woman, I have my woman's foundation yeah. and he looked at me and he said, you should do what you tell all these other women to do. Mm, practice what you preach <laughs> basically and I looked at him and he was like you're always telling women all the time to speak up and just do you you need to do that mm. and I was like I know you didn't just throw my words in my face I am sitting here crying it's one of them where you pick your face up like okay, let me put it back on okay yep. <laughs> and I was like okay I got you I got you yeah. so it was really about understanding my boundaries and understanding who I was and just mm -hmm finding me again and that and, and so I've used it I've taught it at dress for success I've taught it to the professional women's groups and and it really has it's helped me to actually just kind of mm -hmm. teach it over and over because it just kind of reaffirms that it's something about understanding my space my boundaries um understanding that who I am you know and my voice matters in whatever space I'm in and um, whether it's in corporate America, whether it's here, because even as an entrepreneur, sometimes you lose your voice again, you know, going through the Goldman Sachs program, that Goldman Sachs thing is big. 
you know, and it's like, wow, that, that moniker and going, having, going into my first summit in Washington, DC and seeing all of these people around and all of these business people, sometimes you kind of want to draw into yourself and it's like, no, you belong here and constantly having to tell yourself, this is who you are. Stand in this, stand in your truth, stand in who you are, know your worth and be willing to negotiate, but don't settle for less, those types of things. Um, I think women in corporate America, people in general, you know, can be able to use these, the tips because it's all about negotiating there in there is about negotiating salaries. It's about setting boundaries not, uh, for you, mm-hmm. understanding your peace. Uh, knowing when to say no, you know, all of those types of things are in that, um, mm-hmm. in there it, under the, and hearing your voice and hearing yourself say no and knowing that no is a complete sentence in every language and being okay with that, understanding the silence and being comfortable in that silence, all of those things. And so um, that book, that resource um it's still a resource for me. I keep a copy of it in my desk because sometimes I just need to pull it out and just be like, okay, what did she say again? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it is definitely on my list to add to my collection to uh, get this book and have it as a resource as well. Um, and you also have an upcoming book that you're getting ready to release. Yeah, I'm working on it right now. And it's on, uh, you know, I said that unconscious bias is, um, is a, you know, another avenue for me. So I'm working on my um, a book on unconscious bias right now that I'm hoping to have finished here in the next couple of months. I've written it all out. I'm working on the editing parts of it right now. Uh, and it's really uh, about, you know, uh, unconscious bias and the culture fit, the dangers I feel of uh, the culture fit and mm-hmm. interviewing to culture fit and how it kind of closes out and leaves out lots of people of color when you say that you're going to interview and you're going to hire based on culture fit. Wow. That affinity bias and how that could kind of shut out so many people. Okay. So would you say probably summer release Spring, summer, give or take. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. If, if I if I if I stick to my schedule, that would be about right. <laughs> okay. Um, I mind my business and do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a great conversation, and we could probably talk for a couple more hours about this, but I know that's not possible. Do you have anything that's coming up you want to let people know about? We know you got the portal. So, you know, do they, do you have an idea when that's going to be released? Oh, yeah, yeah that's being released next week. I am so oh, excited. About okay. That. <laughs> yes, that, that, that is like right now, I'm like fine tuning. I was just last night fine tuning. I'm so excited about the Power Her Learning Portal. Wow. So it'll be out next week. Um, that's, that, that is my, that's my big thing. Uh, and so I'm I'm super excited about that. So that's going to be you'll see a lot of things coming out about that in the next um, in the next week. Wow! Congratulations on that, and we look forward to seeing that. Let everyone know how they can reach you, get in touch with you. Oh, sure, sure. You can reach me. Um, one LinkedIn is kind of that one space where you see lots of information from me. My website powerherconsulting.com, and um, 
uh, LinkedIn, I'm at Shantara Chapman and Instagram, Shantara Chapman as well. Wow. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thanks. <laughs> Follow us on our Instagram at Savvy Mag Biz and on our YouTube channel, Savvy the Business Podcast. Thank you for joining us on Savvy, the Business Podcast. If you want to be a guest, send an email to media at SavvyMag.biz. That's media at S-A-V-V-Y-M-A-G dot B-I-Z. Don't miss out on the opportunity to be heard by millions.